When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, so let's get to Juju. Um, mm-hmm. Very simply, it's going to be impossible. This is like when you trade a draft pick for a player or a player for a pick, and you're always going to look at that and be like, that's who you could have had. You know exactly. You, it's literally the identical money. This is what, you know, Welker Amendola. You know, like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's I, I didn't want this guy. I want this guy uh, yeah. for this exact money. Is this an upgrade? Should Patriots fans feel good about this? CLNS Media's Patriots coverage is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. Sign up at FanDuel.com Boston and get in on the action with $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Well, I think one thing to remember, like right off the board, is Juju was a second-round pick. and Jacoby Myers went undrafted. Granted, you know, smaller school, converted quarterback and all that, but the NFL clearly thought when they entered the league, that Juju was a much better prospect than Jacoby was coming out. So their skill sets are pretty similar. They're both those big slot guys where you want to keep them off the ball, maybe put them in motion, give them a lot of throws underneath, sometimes intermediate. But Juju is giving you a lot more after the catch than you were getting from Myers. Now, Jacoby, I, John, we were saying this before the show, if Jacoby were bigger and had more of an ex-body type with his skill set, he'd be a perfect Patriot. They'd keep him around as long as he wanted yeah. Because those are the guys where they say you're a possession receiver. So, you know, get open if you can. The point is catch the ball, move the chains. Exactly. Exactly. And that's what Jacoby's skill set was. And I'm sure that that's what McDaniels is going to capitalize on. Where Juju excels is more in the role that you would see from Edelman and Welker, where no, he's not quick like those guys. I don't even think he's as quick as Jacoby necessarily, but he gives you a lot more after the catch. One, because he's bigger. He's better at breaking those tackles. I think he had uh, eight missed tackles last season. Jacoby had two. And Jacoby wasn't really making guys miss in space where he was, you know, getting extra yards after the catcher in a lot of the scheme touches and underneath things that you'd see from Jacoby. It was a lot of, you know, get a little bit more of what's there, but you're not really turning that into a home run play. Juju Smith-Schuster had, I believe, two touchdowns last year that were 30 or 40 yards and that were just after the catch. So they're similar in terms of their play styles and how you want to use them, I would say. But Juju gives you more of what you want in the role that he'll occupy, whereas Jacoby was a bit miscast. So how do you see it lining up in terms of when they're taking the field here? Where's where's he playing uh, and what is his primary role? Yeah, so I think you're going to see him mostly in the slot, uh, although the so Chiefs big, use him outside a pretty good amount as well. Yeah. So big slot, big, big slot. slot. Yes, yep, mm-hmm. exactly. Okay, so I mean, again... I, it really comes down to I, there's going to be two conversations. Is this an upgrade over Jacoby? Is this the last move they're going to make at receiver? Because you're, it's going to be a difficult to assess, uh, you know, really whether or not they've addressed their need at the position uh, without knowing if this is the only domino to fall. If this is your lineup, and again, there's still the draft, there's still the possibility of trade. How dire do they view it? This is kind of where I'm really interested to see what's the Patriots' mindset. I think they have, and I've said this a few times, Taylor, I think they have uh, missed the boat on the receiver explosion and value in the NFL 
clearly. They got by a different way. They, they, they failed to recognize what they needed to do at this position, how important it became. They viewed it as a luxury item. They never spent big on it. They didn't spend a lot of draft capital uh, at the position, and they missed it. And so now you're you're making up for lost time. You've taken two swings at this, uh, you know, in free agency recently. Three, you know, I mean, you got the tight ends, you got Aguilar, you got Bourne, mm-hmm. you sunk some money in. You're giving, you're taking a shot here, and they tried again. They tried to trade for a second for Mohamed Sanu a few years back. That didn't work. Yeah. So they realized they've been playing from behind for a while. One of the problems I have is sometimes they think one thing kind of solves everything, and then they move on. I don't think they think that anymore. I think with the signing of the two receivers a couple of years ago, the drafting of Tyquan Thornton, signing a guy like Juju, I don't, I still don't think they're done here. I still think there's another shoe to drop. Do you think that they can get by with what they have, or do they have to keep going at this position in a, in a real way, an early draft pick, a legitimate trade or signing? I think they would be solid still uh, with the Juju uh, with if they just went with Juju. Now, I said yesterday in the article uh, that I wrote posted this morning that I think even with the skill they had before Juju with Bill O'Brien, with Mac, who's a really good distributor and who will. I promise you, fans, he will be much better under someone like Bill O'Brien, who knows how to maximize his strengths. I think they would have been fine. I think Juju immediately gives them more big playability. Whereas, you know, he's going to have a similar route tree to Jacoby, where a lot of his big plays for Jacoby were coming on those digs and those corners against off coverage with play action. So it's not like he's making a bunch of high level throws in difficult situations. He's more capitalizing on the opportunities he was given. Now, Juju can take that dig that he catches over the middle of the field with no one around him. And instead of getting tackled after you know five yards, he's getting you 20 or 30. Now, that said, I don't think they're done. I think getting a free agent was their best option because this way they don't give up draft capital. They're not paying a whole lot because we already said that Jacoby's contract was very reasonable. Juju's 14 days younger. And again, he has a higher uh, prospect ceiling. So I think this is relative to what they wanted to pay, right? Now, we've heard that they were in on Hopkins as well, OBJ, and reports were that it was going to come down to money. Now, they didn't spend a ton. They got a playmaker. Now, I think you go to the draft when you have a solid group of veterans, and then you get more of a playmaker. Like, I'm convinced that Zay Flowers is going to New England at 14. I'm telling you, I will be shocked if it doesn't happen. But if you get a guy like him who can do everything, where he can be electric short, he can go downfield, make contested catches despite the fact he's a smaller guy, that's when the offense starts getting scary. And also, when it comes to the veteran signings, like you mentioned, they've had a lot of misses. But you also have to consider how many of those guys were projections. Like Nelson Aguilar, coming off a career year, but was okay before that, really inconsistent. Jonu Smith had a great year, was inconsistent before that. Mohamed Sanu was up there in age, even though he had a really good track record. So a lot of the, oh, Kendrick Bourne, another guy who was a projection because he was more of a number three, number four, and you were hoping he could bring that same skill set which he's shown in flashes, but not consistently. So uh, I think Juju is a different animal from the type of type of veterans that they typically sign. He's young. He's got a track record where you say, okay, if we give this guy a lot of targets, he's going to be able to produce and we're going to be okay at that, you know, number two ish receiver spot while upgrading over what you had. I know. But again, what it comes down to is you can be a number two receiver in theory, Mm -hmm. only if there is a number one. If you are, and I don't think he's going to be their number one. No, but the problem is, I'm saying mm-hmm. you can't you can't have three twos. Somebody has to be the one to take the heat off the two, and that's mm-hmm. why they don't truly have twos because these guys are. I, 
that's why I look at it is you can be a two when a, when there's a, another guy out there who's taking. I mean, what was Juju Smith Schuster's best year with Antonio Brown getting all you know all of the uh, you know all of the uh, kind of attention uh, in 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 Pittsburgh? That's where he put up his biggest stats. When he became the guy, this is a guy who didn't produce because he's not a one. He didn't. He's not able to separate. He wasn't you know uh, you know that alpha that you could play it on the outside. Uh, you know he went to KC and he did some decent things there. But I mean. Pitt, Pitt's, yeah. if I'm going to trust anybody in terms of uh, in the NFL, in terms of being able to uh, scout wide receiver talent, Pittsburgh's pretty close to the top of the list. And they were like, we're all set with you. And so that always kind of raises a little I think bit that also flag. had to do with the personality thing. And no kind of doubt. Room. Yeah, yeah. There, was, there was an element of that there as well. And I hear what you're saying, but here's the thing. I feel like number one is a really fun buzzword. It's just like, oh, we have the number one. Everything is solved. What does the number one do for you? They attract attention. And there's someone that you can scheme around because you know the defense is going to have to, you know, account for them. And you want somebody who's going to make the plays that you need to make. They have plenty of guys who can make big catches in big moments. They got Hunter Henry. They got Kendrick Bourne. Obviously, Juju's that guy, and he's shown it on big stages. They have reliable receivers who can do those types of things. And then you say, okay, now who is your mismatch? Like, who is going to be the one that Bill O'Brien uses and everyone else benefits? Hunter Henry can be one of those guys. He's shown when he first got to the Patriots and was actually used, and even last year in his lesser opportunities, that he can beat safeties pretty easily because he's a big guy, he's physical, and he can give you that route running where safeties have a really hard time keeping up with him. Even if they do, he's big enough that he can make the catch over or you know outside of his catch rating or outside of his frame. So you've got one piece there, and I think Hunter Henry is going to have a much better season with O'Brien. That's where I say you go to the draft and get that guy who, okay, if you want to play everyone one-on-one, you're not going to be able to defend this one guy unless you pay extra attention. I think JSN can be that. I think Zay Flowers can be that, especially with all the depth they have now at tackle. Those were the two areas that they had to address in the first round. It had to be one or the other. Corner if someone falls to you, but I don't think it was a, a drastic need that they needed to go that early. So I still think there's very much on the table to be able to get that number one that you build around and actually can go into a game and say, all right, we're going to try to feed it through you. If they take you away, then Juju, it's on you. Get that, you know, rub route where everyone's paying attention to Zay and take it 30 yards. Yeah, but again, so that's great. But I still think you you, you do need that guy to take some attention away. Um, so, you know, there's not a trickle-down effect where you've got top cornerbacks or extra attention being paid to your Parkers and your Jujus and this and that. So I still think they need more playmakers in here. And again, you got to see what Thornton can do in year two. I, I just can't see you being done here. And I agree. Look, Zay Flowers is great if that's what happens at 14. Will you be upset if it's O-Tackle at 14 and a second for Jerry Judy? No, no, I wouldn't. But again, I would also rather have Zay Flowers than Jerry Judy, and it's not particularly close. No, but you want it, yeah, because you want the and, I, and, then, and then a second string tackle. That's yeah. where I would go with it. And uh, and you wonder where they're going, right? Because you look at every signing they've made, and we'll get into another one they made today. A lot of tackle depth, okay? Mm-hmm. So we can't tell if they're going to try to make it work with that room that they have because now you've added a couple of depth pieces into that room who can play at the tackle position. You might have a little bit more depth, but you're not solid there. So would you add more depth, or are they waiting to take a big swing with a first-round tackle, or is this – the move where you've made receiver and cause you've cleared out space. Cause you really think you're going to go, you know, re- receiver or corner in the first round because you really, really want to address it. You want to get that alpha if you can and, and get that playmaker. And I know everyone's saying it's not a great receiver draft, but you draft one of the guys who are available there at 14, you're getting a good player. 